Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. This is Kara. Just want to say thanks so much for joining us. We are back after taking a week off, and yeah, life happens. Life and happens. New jobs. New jobs. and Schedule's not coinciding for the week, but we're getting back on track. And we're back, and we're here to finish up Miss Laura Collins. Very excited to finish this Yes, up. I've enjoyed so much talking about this. Laura is, like we said, it's one of my... My favorite stories in all of Dark Shadows. So two weeks ago when we talked, we finished up the first half of Laura. She comes into Collinwood and everyone meets her and all the guys apparently in Collinsport, Roger and Sam and Burke, they're all enamored that Laura is back for everyone has their different reasons. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Laura's made it clear that she's back for David, and she's really not going to let anything stand in her way of getting her child. And Roger's pretty okay with it, but everyone else just kind of seems to be like, I don't know about this woman. Yeah. And, I mean, it even sends Liz to the hospital and she, because she confronted Laura, and Laura put her in this trance where she couldn't remember part of the day, and she ended up falling down the stairs because she fainted. And because of that, she's in a hospital in Boston for... The rest of this story arc. Yeah. Um, we do get to pan to her and see how she's progressing, but she spends the rest of Laura Collins in the hospital. So the last time I watched this, I kind of realized that means that the matriarch of this house, probably the strongest woman that lives at Collinwood, is no longer there. Yeah. She cannot help them fight Laura. We're just to the point where Liz has been moved to the hospital in Boston after much, much argument about it because she absolutely did not want to be moved from Collinwood. Yeah. Carolyn feels like it's best. And especially after um, talking to the doctors and Carolyn finally decides that, yep, it's, it's, it's time. We better do this. And Liz has given Carolyn complete control and run of the Collinwood Manor House mm-hmm. and of the cannery and the fishing fleet. Carolyn is the matriarch of Collinwood yeah. while her mother is in the hospital. So that's where we are. That's where this second installment of Laura opens up. Yeah. They have no idea what's wrong with Liz. That's why they wanted to move her to the hospital in Boston to get better care. And they're just, they can't treat her at Collinwood as much as she wants them to. Yeah. But I just have to say that, thank goodness, that Carolyn was put in charge. I mean, she may be young, and but I do think she was the better choice. I mean, I know that she had just gotten over this very immature Burke Devlin thing. Yeah. But as soon as her mother put her in charge, she was a completely different person. Yeah. Once she got away from Burke and stopped being so obsessed with him, even her appearance changed. Mm-hmm. Like, she started wearing pantsuits and little skirts with jackets, and she looked like a businesswoman. She started looking exactly like Liz, yeah, the way did. that Liz would dress. She did. But she doesn't want her mother to be sent away to a hospital, and Liz has told her that she's not to be moved for any reason. And Frank Garner, the younger of Garner and Garner, sends a Dr. Peter Guthrie to examine Elizabeth. And Dr. Guthrie is a parapsychologist and specializes in disorders of the mind. And the thing that Guthrie doesn't tell everyone right away is he also specializes in the paranormal, too. That's mm. that para That's, part of that. Yep. Dr. Guthrie tells the family that Liz is in a trance and the safest thing for her is just to be moved. Guthrie is convinced that whatever or whoever did this to Liz is right there on the grounds. And the further away that Liz is, the better she will be and she might be improved. But he does say she might be stuck like this permanently. Right. So. Right. So that's when Carolyn's like, okay, Dr. Guthrie, I trust you. Let's let's do this. And then um, I think that's when Guthrie 
he goes to Collinwood and he starts poking around. He starts poking around and he starts questioning everybody. And Roger tells him to get bent, pretty much. Mind your own beeswax. Pretty much. Um, but Vicky lets loose and tells him all of the things that have been happening at Collinwood. Um, supernatural or otherwise. She just she didn't have any filters. She yeah. was just like, look, this is what's happening. I'm scared to death. I'm scared for this child. And now I'm really worried about Mrs. Stoddard. Right. Vicky never once called her Liz. She was always Mrs. Mrs. Stoddard. Like, yes. like through Vicky's run of the show. It, was, it yeah. was never Elizabeth or Liz. It was just Mrs. Stoddard. Yeah. And, and of course, she, she tells him that um, she has seen Josette and David has too. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes over to the old house with David in search of Josette. David wanted to ask Josette whether or not he should go off with his mom or stay at Collinwood. Um, Josette seems to be silent, mm. uh, but David smells her perfume. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> that telltale perfume. That just tells you she's there, of course. And the ghost changes her own portrait to the finished portrait of Laura and David in flames while Dr. Guthrie is exploring other areas of the house. Yeah, because remember, when the others found the finished painting, Roger chucked that thing into the fire. Right. And so David hasn't seen it. Right. You know, he ha- he's only seen his mom in the flames and that blank spot at the bottom of the canvas. Right. And he hasn't seen that he's supposed to be there, but now he's like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. When Guthrie returns in search of the house, the painting turns back. It's it's back to the portrait of Josette. But Josette, while David was alone, remember we talked that she seems to really be out to protect David. Like, David seems to be her... Her main focus. Her main focus. I mean, there have been others along the way, but um, I think Vicky, up until this point, was the only other one. That she protected. Yeah. And and maybe it's because Vicky was taking care of David and David was her main concern. I don't right. know. So he she changes the picture to Laura and David in flames. Dr. <clears throat> Guthrie, I mean, he got right to the point and didn't knock anyone for believing that they've seen ghosts or anything else like that. He was he was a parapsychologist, which means he definitely believed in ghosts. But as he told Vicky, I've I've never had the pleasure of meeting one. Yeah, and so he's a little bit skeptical, but doesn't like just completely. Oh well, you're crazy. You didn't see nothing. You know, I I really he's very smart and he knows how to ask the right questions to get what he needs. Yeah. And Doctor Guthrie, he was <laughs> I just I liked his character. I liked that he brought you know he brought in sarcasm. He brought in wit. You know, he was so smart. When he got people to open up about what was going on. Because he knew that he was going to get there and nobody was going to want to talk about it. Vicky was a different story. She's just like, look, I trust you. Here's the thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But everybody else is just so hush-hush about it and doesn't, you know, doesn't want to believe what they saw. Dr. Guthrie, he's so kind and so patient with David while he's explaining what he saw in Josette's picture. And he tells him about how the painting wasn't finished and Laura's head coming out of the painting and that it frightened him. You know, these are different dreams or different visions that he had yeah. caused by Josette, we've, we've already established. And But this time he saw, he told him that he saw himself in the painting too. And like it's always been there and he just couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so that's got, of course, got Guthrie going, hmm. But so with all that going on with Guthrie and David getting acquainted and everything, Elizabeth is gone and Laura feels like she can do whatever she wants concerning David. She even comments Liz is in no condition to object or know anything about what's going on. <laughs> so she asks Roger, I mean, <laughs> she ends up asking Roger, can David come spend the night? You know, because she thinks she's got free run because Liz isn't there. Yeah. She doesn't realize that Carolyn has become a force of nature like her mother. Right. So she, <laughs> right. so she asks Roger, can, can David come spend the night? And you know, Roger's like, yeah, sure. You know, I don't care. I'm trying to get rid of him anyway. And, 
she she ends up telling Roger that she's had trouble with Vicky interfering with her, but Roger tells her, look, I'll handle it. You know, she works for me. I'll handle it. You yeah. know, Vicky and Carolyn, they just, they don't want David to go down there. They're very adamant about not him not going down there. One, because Carolyn's mother said so. Yeah. <laughs> and second, they're just not sure that David spending time with Laura is the best thing. They don't even know that Laura is not technically human she's not human and they don't realize that yet it's just something the way david's been reacting the these dreams that he's been having these reactions he's been having and that's why liz went down there to confront laura in the first place that second time right and because she wanted to tell laura look this is not the best thing anymore and then when she sees him with burke it just sealed it for her you know yeah Yeah. definitely you need to get out of here (laughs) yeah so yeah so Liz being able to stand up for her nephew is what caused her to go to the hospital because Laura felt like she was a threat. But Roger, he just doesn't care, and he he lets get he lets David go. Yeah. He's got a night without David, and David tells Roger and Laura that he saw. You know, he comes rushing into the cottage and say, "Hey, I saw my painting again." You know, yeah, at the old house, and and Roger was like. I told you not to go down there alone. You shouldn't be going. And, and Vicky shouldn't be taking you down there. He was like, no, I was with Dr. Guthrie. Yeah. <laughs> and so that just, it pisses Roger off. He doesn't like Guthrie. You know, he's already told him to. He doesn't like strangers in the he's house. He's already told him to go to hell. And it's like, it, how, how, why were you hanging out with Guthrie? You know, so he goes down and wants to talk to Guthrie, you of know. Of course. But they kind of cross paths a little bit because Roger heads back to the house. Well, then Guthrie just shows up at the cottage. And wants to talk to Laura. And they do have a conversation, and she does her very best to charm her way into his good graces. But somehow, I don't think that she fooled him. (laughs) Not even for a second. No, because he's aware. Yes. You know. He's aware that something's going on. And... And paranormal wise you know he's that that kind of aware and he's got a completely open mind. So, you know, anybody could be anything at this point. Yes. But... But they mostly talked about David and his troubles, believing in ghosts and the painting. Yeah. Um, they talked about Roger and Laura's relationship. Um, Laura tells Guthrie that Roger has never been a real father to David and that he is the bigger baby of the two. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> it's it's true, though. I mean, David has his moments where he's like, mur, 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 but so does Roger. <laughs> so does Roger. In his grown-up man way. I mean, it's that was a very truthful comment he's the bigger baby of the two i would absolutely agree with that that wasn't just a wife being spiteful that was absolute truth absolutely i mean i'm sure there was some spite there but but the comment does is not any less true no and And then guthrie comments that it's obvious that david doesn't have many people in his life and that laura claims that that is why she is so set on having david because she she uses the mom angle. She's like, I care about my son, and I think I can give him better care, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, even Diana Millay said in her interview, before all of that, before her being a meta- metaphysical and, and not technically human, first and foremost, she was a mom. Yeah. And while her motives were very selfish, yeah. very selfish, I think at the end of the day, she really did love her son. Absolutely. And I think she really did want to be with her son. So. I think I think that that's pretty truthful. That's that's a good 
It's one of the reasons anyway, if it's not the whole reason. So, I mean, up until this point, Vicky's had like zero filter with Guthrie about the events that have been going on at Collinwood. And I definitely think that this has got him intrigued and has accelerated his urgency to find out what's wrong with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's his primary focus, not the paranormal stuff. He wants to help Mrs. Stoddard, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's his job. He's a doctor. After he speaks with Vicky, after he has this conversation with Laura, all of this, he goes into Collinsport with Vicky to talk to Maggie. Yeah. Because Vicky's told him, look, there's this painter in town. He's been painting Laura and this and that. And he's like, okay, I got to meet this guy, you know. Yeah. So they go in and they, they talk with Maggie, who encourages Guthrie. Go, go, please go and talk to my dad. He is climbing the walls because he can't work. Mm-hmm. And because of his hands. Remember, he burned his hands so he couldn't work. Right. She's like, he'd love the company because he can't paint. And um, so Guthrie shows up at Sam's cottage and tells him that he's a fan of Sam's work. And hope that Sam will just let him kind of browse through his work so he might be able to see this painting that Vicky had told him about. Yeah. And Guthrie, he was so smart. And he chose his method very carefully because he knew, again, that if he had shown up at Sam's and asked about Laura's picture, Sam most likely would have slammed the door in his face. Yeah. And probably would have had several drinks about it. <laughs> yeah. So while he's browsing through Sam's paintings and stuff, he finds the second painting of Laura that was burned and asks Sam what had happened to it. He asked if this had been a painting, a previous painting of Laura. Yeah. um, Because he had heard that he had several portraits of her. Um, Right. He had painted several. And like Vicky told him, he's he's painted more than one, man. Yeah. And at that point, Sam just gets irate. Like, just get out. Who are you? Just get out. Get out of my house. Yeah. Who sent you? Right. Um, But Guthrie is persistent and straight with Sam about the painting. Sam just says, he's like, I've got nothing to say. Yeah. And Guthrie answers with, except that you didn't paint it, and I believe you. Right, and this is the part where Sam does that classic thing. He's like, I don't care. What did you say? Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. The, I, I loved that because he was, you know, he was he was pissed, and then all of a sudden his face changed. What did you say to me? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Guthrie like sobered up. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, at this point he tells Maggie that he's he hasn't had a drop. You know, he, he was like... I think there was a scene earlier before Maggie went to work. He was like, you know, a guy sits around here all day and he gets thirsty, you know, but mm-hmm. he, he hasn't had a drop. So Sam is sober, but that just kind of, it was a sobering moment for him. He got out of yeah. his rage, you know. And, yeah. And Dr. Guthrie says he didn't know why he believed Sam, but he'd like to find out. And that he is someone who could perhaps tell him and help him to find out who actually did paint it. Right, right. And he tells him that Vicky sent him and that he's trying to get to the bottom of what happened at Collinwood and at Sam's because he's convinced that these two, the Sam painting her portrait and whatever's going on at Collinwood, Guthrie is smart and he knows that they're related. He doesn't yeah. know, but he, he highly suspects. Yeah. And so finally, Sam trusts him and begins and begins just to open up about Laura. Yeah. And the events that have been happening since she's returned. returned. Yeah. 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 During all of this, Burke and Vicky are having coffee because Burke's like, hey, if you're waiting on Guthrie, come sit down and have coffee with me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And he feels bad about how heated their last conversation was. They had a conversation about Laura and Vicky was like, you can't trust her. And Burke was like, oh, I trust her, you know. And he, he was definitely, you know, the wool had been pulled over his eyes with Laura for sure. And I don't know if it was just denial because he realized he still maybe had some feelings for her or if he was just so set to get on with this manslaughter case and get his revenge. You know, it just, he just wanted to believe that Laura was the key to helping him out. Right. And to do that, he would have, you know, he believed that Laura was genuine. So that that's, that's how that last conversation went down and he felt bad about it, but 
it turned out that this conversation they're having over coffee is starting to be the same way. And right. Vicky just doesn't trust Laura and Burke thinks that Laura can do no wrong and that Liz is just interested in keeping David for herself. Right. And so, like, after all these conversations between everybody, with Guthrie and David and Burke and Vicky and whoever else, you know, Maggie and Sam, this is when we find out the last person to see Liz before her illness was Laura. Yep. For sure. Yep. And she caught Burke and Laura together, and Burke tells Vicky that Liz didn't seem ill when he last saw her on this night. Not only that, but she lied about it and said that she hadn't seen Liz. That's true. Yep. So, Vicky tells Roger that she doesn't think that it's a good idea for David to stay with his mother because it seems to upset him more than to help him. Yep. Um, but Carolyn takes Vicky's side and r- reminds him that she is in charge. Yep, she is. She is. Roger insists that David can stay. Yep. So. He, he's, um, const- he's constantly undermining Carolyn, even though that Liz has put her in charge. Yep. And she's just a child. She doesn't know anything, you know. And I know Carolyn's doing her best not to butt heads with her uncle because she loves her uncle, you know. Right. She even said after, she was, she's like, Uncle Roger, please don't. Don't make me have to put you in your place. Please right. don't please don't make me do that. Right. So David goes. David goes to Laura's and Laura's thrilled and everyone else is just holy crap, I'm so scared, you know. Yeah. But at the cottage, David falls asleep in Laura's arms. Yeah. And Josette shows up. Mm-hmm. Laura's still wide awake cuz she she just doesn't sleep. And Laura tells the ghost to go away and that David belongs to her. To me, it sounded more like a plea than a command. Laura has no control over Josette, and I think that that scares Laura. At least in my opinion, it does. Yeah. So, Vicky and Carolyn, they spend a sleepless night worrying about him. They're pacing up and down the drawing room floor. And at this point, they suspect that Laura had something to do with Liz's illness. Like I said, every time somebody hears something, they go and tell someone else. And everybody's trying to put all these pieces together. Yeah. And... So everybody suspects, even though they don't have a clue as to what's actually wrong with Liz, the only proof that they have is that Laura lied about seeing Liz. And Dr. Guthrie suspects, too. But David returns the next morning unarmed and wants to go over again. Of course, I had such a great time. Yeah. And she, and he tells Carolyn, you can't stop me. You know, I see, I'll see my mother anytime I want, mm-hmm. you know. He did tell them that he could smell Jasmine and feel Josette's presence in the cottage all night. And... Guthrie feels like it's best if Laura doesn't know that they all suspect her so that she'd be more willing to cooperate with what they're trying to do. Right, right. But now this part, this is like one of our opening scenes in one of the next scenes. Um, He's just come home from the cottage and he tells Vicky a a dream that he had while he was at his mother's cottage. And Vicky tells Dr. Guthrie about the dream the next morning. She's sitting by the fireplace, and this is how the first episode opens. She says, And David said that there was no light, and he could hear the ocean roaring nearby. And so he had the feeling that they were walking along the beach. And his mother was holding his hand, and he said that he thought that they were the only two people in the whole world, and that the world itself was infinite, endless space. And he began to notice how silent his mother was and her eyes He said that her eyes were blazing in the dark, and then he saw that they were headed towards the great light that seemed to be quite separate from the darkness that they were walking in. Mm. And the roaring grew louder, and they came closer and closer, and his mother's eyes were blazing, and then they were running towards the light, and the roaring grew and grew. And just as they were about to fling themselves into it, he woke up. Wow. 
And she's like, and that was David's dream. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and Guthrie responded with, I wonder if it really was a dream. And he wonders if it's a vision that could of what could possibly happen if David did decide to go with, with his mother. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I kind of think... I don't. I think I can't tell if that dream came from Josette or if that dream came from Laura, because yeah. it didn't frighten David at all. He was like, "Oh, this was a great dream, Vicky," you know. And so I wonder. I wonder who it came from because yeah. it was so pleasant. Kind of makes me think maybe it came from Laura because I don't think Josette. Josette hasn't been pleasant in the things that she's been doing up until this point. Right. Wow. Yeah. I enjoyed watching that scene, just that explanation of the dream. And, Me too. And like you said, the peaceful part of it. It's like this whole time David's just been so restless. He hasn't been able to sleep. He's just right. been a restless kid at night. And for once, to hear him, he had a peaceful dream. Right, and that, that surprised Vicky too. But then when he told it to her, her, her face just kind of turned white. She was like... It's like the tables have turned here. Right, it's like, right. It's But it was... Who's messing with people? It's like between Josette and Laura. It's right. Like, These it's two like, wives of Jeremiah duking it out, but totally not about Jeremiah. It's, it's like about a, a little boy. It's like... <laughs> It's like a bipolar atmosphere. Like, just the air is bipolar, you know. It really messes with your feelings People are catching it lot. here and there. Yeah. So. It, it was such this this uh, story arc, this Laura Collins story arc, it was such a roller coaster sometimes. Yes. You know, because it was like, oh, he had a pleasant night with his mom. Oh, crap, his mom's bad. He's, mm-hmm. she's, she's bad. And Laura begs Roger for David and to start the divorce proceedings because she keeps saying this, I don't have much time left. I don't have much time left. Yeah. She's constantly saying that. She tells Roger that she only meant that Liz could get better or someone at Collinwood could convince David not to come with her and that she's a, she's only a mother who wants her son. Yeah. And she's, that she's been patient long enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's been hinting the whole time. She's like, I'm not here to stay. Right, I don't have much time. I want to take David with me. Right. So she has no plans to stay at Collinwood whatsoever. And and she didn't really... She didn't really hint at that in the beginning. When she got there, she kind of made it clear, look, I'm not not here to stay. You know, I have a Phoenix... I have a Phoenix apartment, and I have... And and then once the Phoenix apartment burned down, Roger was like, so does that change your plans? Because right. now you have nowhere to take David. She was like, I wasn't planning to take him to the Phoenix apartment. Right. And just so started, she started new somewhere else. She never gave the indication that she was there to stay. Yeah. So at least yeah. she was direct with that. So. But Roger is suspicious of her sudden sense of urgency. Yeah. And tells her that it just isn't possible at the moment because of Liz and the family. And she asks him what he would say if she were to mention the word manslaughter to Burke Devlin. Mm-hmm. You know, that manipulative thing. Yeah. And Roger calls her bluff because he knows it would mean for her, it would mean giving up David. Right. So. <laughs> this they, is a good part. They decide to have a seance yes. to reach the spirit of Josette. Guthrie wants to give Josette more power to be able to communicate better with them. But this seance will be one of many, many seances held at Collinwood in the days and years to come. Having seances seems to be the family's go-to to get answers when they have none. Yes, I, lo- I love it. I, yeah, I, I, I do whatever. too. It's I just, love it. <laughs> I just realized that this was where it started. This is the first seance that they I was going to say, had. was this the first the seance? The very first okay. one. Okay. <laughs> So it just, it made me kind of smile a little bit. I'm like, man, if you guys knew how many more of these were going to happen along the way. And but. it's funny, it's funny you say that. It's it's because it's, 
it's their it is their go to to get any kind of answers. Oh, let's do a seance. Yeah, even down to like the kids doing one themselves yes. later on in the show. But yes, that was way on later, and Dave was like, "I've seen them do this a billion times." I'm like, "Child, let's I bet it. you have. I, I bet like, you oh have." Oh my gosh, but it's so it's crazy, but <laughs> it seems to work. It seems to work. So, I mean, they, they always seem to have results. I mean, <laughs> some, how do they always something. have results from seances? You know. But, I mean, Carolyn is hesitant about it, but she agrees that if it'll help her mother and Roger, Roger, of course, is against it until Guthrie says that if he fails, he'll leave because then he feels like there's nothing more he can do at that point. Yeah. And Roger says, why not dance a hoodoo dance around the hospital table chanting semi-guttural noises? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, though, how much Roger changes his tune when Guthrie offers to leave if the seance fails. Mm -hmm. But he still thinks it was ridiculous and Laura would never go for it. That's not something Laura can chance because Josette could spill the beans about Laura completely, and I don't. I think she just doesn't want to be in the same room or like it's it's always the supernatural characters and entities that don't want to be a part of right this because. You know, it, it could expose them. It's not yes, safe for them. Yes, it's just not. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> so over the course of these next few episodes here, Carolyn she ends up squaring off with Laura. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you remember Carolyn. Oh, Aunt Laura, My Aunt Laura. Yeah, and now she's in the position where she's got to fight back and yeah. stand up for the house and yep. the family, and she's demanding to know what happened to her mother. Burr goes to question Laura and to get in good in her good graces yeah um so that she'll keep her word about testifying again again for burke in case that comes back up yeah yeah and um he warns her about guthrie and tells her that he's questioning sam about her and the paintings and burke wants to know what one has to do with the other yeah yeah but laura is pretty good about delivering elusive answers too you know oh yes yeah, he's worried that Guthrie's a detective. And at this point, I can't tell if Burke is actually interested in continuing his relationship with Laura or if he's just being nice and maybe a little manipulative just to get what he wants. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that, too. And I kind of think it's just kind of the latter at this point. Yeah, because because Vicky has told him several times now, you can't trust Laura. You can't trust. And I think she's starting to get in his head a little bit. And if he's taken anybody's word to heart ever since being back in town... I would say it was it would be Vicky's. Yeah, and you know he said it. He said it a few times. He was like, you know, you you and I are the only ones who are strangers here, yeah. you know, anymore, and and we need each other, whatever, you know. And, and so, Bert's whole <clears throat> mission in town since he's been back is just to get to the bottom of everything, and this mm-hmm. is just something new to get to the bottom of now that Laura's back. Right, it's just exactly. another answer to solve. You right. Know? I don't know. I can't really tell either. But if, you know, in the end, in in the long run, it doesn't it doesn't matter a whole lot. But at this no. point, you just kind of wonder, you know. Yeah. So Dr. Guthrie meets Burke at the Blue Whale at Burke's request. He wants to meet this guy and see what he's about. Right. And he gets there and runs into Sam Evans, uh, Dr. Guthrie. And Sam tells him that Laura Collins is the one who burned his hands. And they talked about the fire in the Evans cottage and how Laura threatened him when he wouldn't stop painting. And then Burke shows up and wants to know why Guthrie's there. Mm -hmm. And Guthrie assures him that he's there to help Elizabeth and that he is unnecessarily suspicious of him. But Burke doesn't believe it. He calls Blair and says, hey, I want to check on this guy. Right. And his investigator. Yes. Or, right? Yeah. His, <laughs> I don't know. Blair seems to do it all. He, he, brought, he brought Burke the financial statements. He runs all of his background checks. And I'm just like, okay, who is this guy? He can't just be, I mean, he may have just told Carolyn, this is, this is my banker. This is my financial advisor. Right. But Blair it seems, seems like to more do like a PI. Too. Yeah. So. so, 
Um, but I guess uh, while that's going on, um, Roger's back at the house, and he phones Stewing. up. Yes, and he phones up Frank Garner and claims it's an emergency. Um, he starts out being petty. Yeah. And tells Frank the divorce is not going quick enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was that was a a, a facade. <laughs> yeah. And I think his real reason is to ask Frank why he cannot run Collinwood because Carolyn is just a child. Quote just unquote. a child. And if there's anything that he can do to fight Liz's will. But then Frank d- just shuts him down quick style and tells him yeah. that Liz's orders will stand up in any court of law. Yeah. So, but. There's no, Liz isn't dead. You can't fight her will right now. So right. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with her will. It's very sound. It's very practical. Yes. yes. You know? And she's made sure of that. Carolyn is her daughter and Carolyn gets it all if Liz dies, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, she set aside a part for David and David will probably eventually get it too because he's the last Collins. Right. So until he'll he carry makes on more the Collins name. Right. Yeah. Until he makes more Collins is David's it, you yeah. know. Because Carolyn will get married and, and do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so she may not even be there. So yeah. anyway. She has Collins' blood, but not the Collins name. Right, exactly. Liz's will will stand up in yeah. any court. Yeah. So. And Frank's on Liz's side, not Roger's. It's like Richard told him, "We are Liz's daughter's lawyers. We're, yeah. no, we're no, we're nobody else's lawyers." You right. know. Right. I mean, he did stand up for him in the manslaughter case at Liz's at, request. Yes. So, <laughs> so he and he wanted to complain that you know Guthrie was brought up on Frank's suggestion, and Frank assures him he's a wonderful doctor. He knows his job. He's very smart. Yeah. You know, he he's the best choice to help Liz. Mm-hmm. But Roger's like, "I'm going to get that man out of this house," and you know. <laughs> But I really think at this point, the pressures of being the matriarch of the family is really starting to get to Carolyn. Yeah. She isn't any good at making all of the decisions and that she really misses her mother. She also says that she knows she's called David a little monster hundreds of times before. But if anything ever happened to him, she'd die. And that he's more of like a little brother to her. Yeah. That right there, that is a total 180 from what she was doing at the beginning. She, you know, called him a kook and... I mean, this is kind of like, she, she kind of lost her mother. Like, she's not dead, but yeah, I, she doesn't have her mother around. And They're not sure if she's even going to stay alive, you know? It's like, I can't lose any more family. Partly, probably what was going on in her head, you know? It's like, right. you, you lose something. It's true. You hold and, on tight to everything else. Right. And now that she is solely responsible for David, because, you know, Liz was responsible for David. Yeah. You know, now she, now she is. Yeah. And she wants to see her mom, but Frank talks her out of it and tells her that she isn't any better. And Carolyn just flips and calls off the seance, calls calls Dr. Guthrie a quack and and runs up the stairs, Mm -hmm. you know. And Frank tells Vicky that Liz's doctor had told him that they don't have much hope for her and that they are pessimistic about her latest test results. And he described Liz as a woman who is living but no longer alive. Yeah. So five minutes pass and Carolyn cools off and she agrees again to the seance. You know, Dr. Guthrie, I'm terribly sorry. Please forgive me. So Guthrie admits that he's afraid of failure also, but he's afraid of success because of the force that they might release if they go on with the seance. Right. You know, it's supernatural. You know, it's like Dr. Guthrie says he's never experienced firsthand any of this. But now that it's staring him in the face and he's getting ready to, he's he's a little bit frightened himself. You know, who wouldn't be? Yeah. And but he's done all his research. He's, he has. He's studied and... He's studied. He's gone around and he's been poking around town and asking questions. Everybody who, who's involved. Mm-hmm. He, he sits down and has, you know, a, a lengthy chat, you know, taking information in his head and just whatever he can soak up, you know. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he's ready for this seance, but I'd be, I'd probably be frightened too. So, but in this seance, they do make contact. Yep. But Laura interrupts just as they make contact. Yep. But they do end up starting again um, with Laura around the circle, and they make contact with Josette again through Vicky. Mm-hmm. Vicky begins speaking in French. Vicky doesn't speak French. Vicky doesn't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> Guthrie is able to understand that there is a person who is evil and that there will be another fire soon and that a child is in danger. Yeah, that was like about all the French he could pick up. He was like, okay, I got this is what she said. It's very disjointed is what he said. Yeah. This was one of those scenes that gave me chills just, you know, watching mm-hmm. Vicky, you know, with her, with her eyes closed and, you know, and, and just... Yeah. Speaking in French and, and not being able to spray, speak French otherwise. And Laura's course, sitting there the whole time with these wide eyes just staring at her. Yeah. And those big old baby blues of hers. And not that you can tell it's black and white, but we know later on that Laura's got these piercing blue <laughs> eyes, you know. But but she's staring there with these big round eyes, just not moving, just listening. When they when she comes out of it, you know, Vicky, you were speaking French, and oh, I don't speak French, and and Roger turns to Lori and says, "Laura, you speak French. What does she say?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and she, oh, I don't know. So Please. he was muttering, it was rambling. Oh my gosh! But Guthrie, she, he was like, "Well, lucky for all of us, he's like, I understood." Yeah. I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yes. So I mean, so he was able to put these few words together. There's. Someone there who's evil, and there, there's going to be another fire, and a child is in danger. Well, the only child at Collinwood is David. So everybody knows. Everybody knows that David's the one that's in danger. Right, right. And Guthrie's figured out now that the source of Liz's illness is at Collinwood because she's slowly improving now. Like, her, her, her numbers are coming up. Yeah. And he suspects Laura, but he can't prove it. You know, he, he took a recording of the seance. Like, he, he had a tape recorder in the room, and he captured everybody's words perfectly, and he kept listening to it and listening to it. Smart. And... Very smart. So the tape recording that he took at that he had at the seance with the recording, you know, he's been listening to it over and over, but then all of the sudden it's been filled with the sounds of fire and none of the words that were spoken remain on the tape. Right. So he has no proof of what happened at the seance now. Right. And, um, like we were saying a little bit before here, Liz, it, they say, they say that she's slowly improving and everything. Mm-hmm. And that just reminds us of why Laura is in such a rush. Yes. To get David out of there because yes. Liz is improving. Laura's getting weaker. Yes, and Laura's weaker. getting weaker, and yes, um, she doesn't so, have a lot of time. That's where that thing so, comes back so, to. So that we're reminded once again when they say Liz is slowly improving, all of a sudden Laura's running out of time. Yes, and when Guthrie um, understands from the French rambling mm-hmm. that Vicky was doing, um, and there will be another fire soon. Between that and Liz improving, he's no. Laura's really running out of time the, here. The heat's on her. The so. heat's on her to do what she's trying to do. So Now, Carolyn, naturally she's upset about her mother and feeling like they're, they aren't any closer to figuring out what's wrong with her. Yeah. You know, they had, they had successful contact at the seance, but that didn't tell her anything about her mother. Yeah. And Joe Haskell comes over to check on things. And remember, they're broken up now. They've, they've closed the door. And Carolyn, in her emotional state, leans on him and even tells him that she misses him and it never occurred to her that she would want him. And at this point, Joe and Maggie aren't official yet. They're just... They're just starting out. You know, they're kind of feel, feeling the ground. They're probably... They're sweet on each other, but nothing's been established or right. anything yet. They're still just kind of friends hanging out. Right. So, Carolyn swoops in. And right, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, Joe says that 
he's moving on and but he does comfort her and lets her know that they can still stay friends carolyn is sure that laura is is responsible for what has happened to her mother yeah now the police department in phoenix closed the case on the apartment fire but they can't get over the fact that the woman who died is not laura collins remember the body was positively identified as laura collins but laura collins at collinwood has submitted to a physical and she is undoubtedly laura collins also yeah they go to the morgue, you know, to sign some other paperwork before the guy leaves and gets back on the plane. They go to the morgue and the body's gone. <laughs> so Vicky makes a connection between all of these weird things going on, the fire in Laura's apartment, the fire in David's dream, the fire in Sam Eving's painting, and all of Laura's ancestors dying by fire. Yeah. And Guthrie wants to do another seance. Mm. But... He knows that it freaked Vicky out after the last time, so he's going to do everything he can before he resorts to that. But he's kind of leaning in the way of another seance. Well, and also because also jo- Josette, Vicky is the one that Josette spoke through. Right. So so you got to have Vicky there, you definitely. know? Definitely. You definitely seance. do. In the meantime, Burke has begun to have his doubts about Laura finally. Mm-hmm. And he asks Vicky if he can trust her. And, of course, Vicky's already said, no, you can't. I don't. <laughs> so, but he wants to know why she doesn't trust Laura. Vicky tells him that Josette has been trying to tell her something. She led her to the crypt twice to where Laura's ancestors were. Mm-hmm. Um, she reminds Burke that Laura was the last to see Liz before she got sick, and she lied about it. Right. Her, um, her reasons are, are just. They're sane. They're logical, you know? So, I mean... Three strikes, you're out, girl. Right. Guthrie can't wait to tell Laura what's happened in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. And because he he has suspected Laura, too. So he wanted to get her reaction. You know, this is Guthrie going to confront, but also going to get more information because he wants to see her reaction. He wants to see what she's going to do. Right. So she tries very hard to shut him out, but he's persistent. He tells her that the body in Phoenix was gone. And she tries to play it off, but she's obviously very concerned. And he wants to know what she knows. But she warns him to leave her alone. But Guthrie, being ever persistent, says that he won't leave her alone. And she says, don't say I didn't warn you. Mm. And it's not until Burke shows up again that Guthrie leaves. Like, Burke has already talked to Vicky. Now he's going to go talk to Laura. Right. You know, right. Everybody in Collinsport was busy during Laura. Um, just mm-hmm. because I'm going to go here and I'm going to go here. Yeah. But yeah. Burke shows up and tells Laura that people wouldn't suspect her if she'd just give a few straight answers about what she knows. But she won't tell him either. She only wants to be left alone. Mm -hmm. She's getting weaker. People are closing in on her. And she starts this plot on Guthrie once he returns to Collinwood. She starts out by making him feel a little bit dizzy and disoriented until he finally passes out. About the same way. Just the same he did to Liz. Yeah, she did, yeah. Vicky finds him and, and he snaps out of it when David interrupts Laura at the cottage yeah david walks in mother and she doesn't answer him yeah you know and she ha- he has to go over and shake her mother mm-hmm. you know and david comments that the look on his mother's face was one he had never seen before and it looked like she was part of the fire just like in his painting mm. the look on her face you know yeah. she looked like she was just she looked like she belonged in the fire that she was part of the fire yeah. just like in my painting mm. and guthrie and vicky realized laura tried to do to guthrie what she did to elizabeth yeah And Guthrie tells Laura when she shows up later to, quote-unquote, return David's scarf, that he's on to her. 
and he tells Carolyn that he's been able what he's been able to piece together so far. Yeah. The first Laura Murdoch, of which we have any record, is Laura Murdoch Stockbridge, died by fire in 1767. The next date is exactly 100 years later, in 1867, Laura Murdoch Radcliffe, yeah. also killed in a fire, and then, of course, Laura Murdoch Collins in 1967, who, who was killed in a fire in Phoenix. Mm. And then he proceeds to tell Carolyn the legend of the phoenix, who is this legendary bird who arranges its nest so that the sun will set it on fire and from the ashes a new phoenix is born. And Guthrie and Carolyn enlist the help of Joe to break into one of the tombs of Laura's ancestors, Mm. Laura Murdoch Stockbridge. That's the one they're looking for. Yeah. And... Like the original one. Yes. So I, I guess... When we asked the question last episode, if Laura Collins Stockbridge, the one who was going to that was married to Jeremiah, was the first, according to this, yes, she was the first, the one that was married to Jeremiah. So Laura Murdoch Stockbridge was married to Jeremiah. Right, that's the first Laura Murdoch of which we have on on any record. Okay. So that that's the first one they have any records on. Okay. So they get to they get to the cemetery and the the caretaker stops them just as but just as they're getting ready to pop that top off the coffin yeah. you know, and the caretaker seems to think that if they open the coffin they're going to bring a greater danger and he does everything he can do to stop him. This this caretaker is old. He's <laughs> he definitely believes in the ghosts and spooks yes. and all the tales. Of the abnormal and paranormal. Yeah. And, and he knows all the stories on all these dead people. Yes. It's like, well, I'm looking for this person. Oh, they're over here, you know, and... And before him, it was his father and his father before him. Right, so, so he's got all the stories. All the history. And, yes. So. so even Frank Garner shows up and oh, because yeah. Carolyn tipped him off. And she was like, I promised I wouldn't tell you. And he was like, he's down at that cemetery, isn't he? And he was like, Carolyn, you don't have to say anything, but... If you think I shouldn't, if you think I shouldn't go, then stop me. Yeah. And Carolyn doesn't stop him, and he's like, Ugh. Yeah. so, <laughs> so he goes down there and tells them that they could go to jail and that there are legal ways to do what they're doing. But yeah. Guthrie's like, there isn't enough time, and we have to do this like right away. And just as they're about to leave, just as they're about to leave, <laughs> Joe smells the familiar scent in the crypt is filled with the scent of jasmine. Josette. Enter Josette. <laughs> the <laughs> coffin opens, quote, on its own, and we all know what they find in the coffin when it's opened. Nothing. A whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's completely empty. There's no evidence that there's even been a body in this coffin. Right. So Guthrie asked the caretaker, where is Laura Murdoch Radcliffe? Because this one's empty. I got a theory. Yeah. And So where's the next one? Frank already knows what Guthrie's thinking and tells him that he might be crazy, but he's going to help him. Yeah. So they dig up this grave and, say it with me this time, they found nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Laura shows up as the caretaker is opening this book about the family. And he discovers that there's something about the child of one of the ancestors. The boy died with his mother in the fire. Yeah. And it was the child of uh, Laura Murdoch Radcliffe. Okay. And Laura sees the open coffin and finds out that Guthrie and the others dug up the graves. And Laura reads the bit about Laura Murdoch Radcliffe and works her magic and wipes it away and wipes the caretaker's memory. And he can't remember them leaving or Laura showing up. Mm -hmm. And the others find the book with the newspaper clipping and the ink has been faded by fire Mm -hmm. where the article of Laura Murdoch Radcliffe was. Yeah. So... 
So back at Collinwood, Guthrie and Joe tell the girls what they discover at the cemetery, and Guthrie warns Carolyn and Vicky to keep David away from his mother, like entirely, like as yeah. much as they possibly can. Yeah. So there was this there was this moment after all of that. You know, Guthrie tells him, you got to keep him away from Laura. Yeah. Carolyn goes up to David's room to check on him. And all this time, she's called him a spoiled monster, and she can't stand him. Now she stands in his room, truly concerned about him, and wants him to be safe. Yeah. And I love that there was finally some love and concern between the two, if, 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 it just, if, if not still a little bit tumultuous. But after that night, David writes a composition in his studies about his sister, if he had a sister. Yeah. And he states that Carolyn would be different if she had a brother. Even though David D- even though David played it off the night before, I think that Carolyn touched him with her concern for him. Yeah. I can think it kind of softened David too a little bit. Yeah. So the next day Joe finds another copy of this news article at the library about Laura Murdoch Radcliffe and immediately calls Vicky to see if she if she's seen Dr. Guthrie. And after Vicky goes to find him, David sits by the fire and sees his own face in the fire mm. and freaks out. Just yeah. goes running out and Vicky, Miss Winters, you know, but runs into runs into Guthrie instead, you know. And and Joe claims that David's vision was one from the past. The article tells about a woman who died in fire and her child's name was David, mm. and that he died with his mother while he was in her arms. Mm. Wow! So yeah. now they ha- now they have this and. Things are coming together so much the same as as these past this past Laura and this past David, you know. Yeah, but through all that, we come to David talking to Vicky, and he tells her that th- again through all of this, he has decided he wants to go away with Laura. Yeah, that was a little bit surprising because yeah, because of how how freaked out he's been lately, and yeah. seeing his face in the fire, and Vicky wants him to wait. Wants him to wait until Elizabeth is better. And is this another, like, peaceful thing that Laura's trying to film over David? You know, like another peaceful moment in his brain to get him to agree? Um, I I mean, David does, he claims that he is scared of the things and and the things that keep happening to him. And when he saw his face in the fire, he took it as a warning that he should leave Collinwood before something happens to him. But Vicky's like, no, you have it wrong. You know, he can't, she can't just tell him it's your mother. You know, she's like, no, 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 David. She was like, like, it could be a warning of something else, you know? Yeah. And And again, his Aunt Elizabeth, um, David would regret leaving if something happened to Elizabeth. Right, right. He would regret that. And, and but that's what Vicky's trying to tell him. Like, don't leave until she gets better at least. And, right. And then asks him to remember all of the things that frightened him about fire. Yeah. And all of a sudden now he's seeing his face in fire. She's like, please remember what scared you. She's trying to get him to realize that his mother was the one that he keeps seeing in the fire. Yeah. So eventually... Guthrie convinces Roger that it isn't safe for David to be with his mother and that she is only out to destroy him. Yeah. Roger has been in Boston visiting Elizabeth. He says that she isn't any better and she doesn't move or doesn't speak. And And Guthrie just comes straight out and asks him, do you want your son to die? Mm-hmm. And he tells Roger about the happenings at the cemetery with Laura's ancestors and that they've all died by fire. And he tells Roger that Laura intends to burn David alive. And he tells him to please read the newspaper 
And Roger tells Guthrie that he isn't ready to pull Laura and David apart and that he isn't totally convinced. Yeah. And Vicky is up at Burke's room telling him the same thing. Mm -hmm. And Burke isn't totally convinced either. And he's still convinced that Laura loves David and wouldn't try to do anything to hurt David. Yeah. Vicky wants Burke to help her protect David. And Burke tries to wrap his head around the various Lauras and being destroyed by fire and... He, he agrees to help protect David. Yeah. Once Vicky tells him about David Radcliffe, who, of course, died by fire while being held by his mother. And after David, you know, tells Vicky that he wants to go with Laura, David tells Roger that he is ready to go away with Laura and that he loves his mother. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't until the book with the newspaper opens, quote-unquote, by itself, and Roger reads the newspaper article that he is convinced not to let David go around Laura, be, right. be around Laura. It doesn't, it takes, an, it takes that moment, that reading about David Radcliffe and, you know, the book opening by itself right. that he's like, holy crap, maybe he's right, you know, right. maybe Guthrie's right. Right. And of course, you know, he reads the same thing that everybody else read, that it states, you know, the boy died in his mother's arms by fire and... That the boy didn't want and to he, be saved. They didn't want to be saved. That he, was the part that got him. He was like, Vicky, Vicky. He was like, you didn't tell me. The boy, he didn't want to be saved. Yeah. And and David has just told him, I'm ready to go away with my mom. I love my mother. Yeah. And so I think it just freaked him out, you yeah. know? And that's when Roger orders that David is to not leave this house without Vicky. Of course, much to Laura's dismay. Oh, she was pissed. Takes <laughs> um, <laughs> her right off. She caught on fire. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. About that. Yes. <laughs> but You could almost see those flames burning in her eyes. Yes. He, says, at least he was like, David's not to leave. With, and, and because she comes over to take David and Mrs. Johnson's like, well, he's with Carolyn. They're buying shoes. Well, I was going to do that. Look, I just I just follow the orders. That's I what they told here. me. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, she shoves past Mrs. Johnson and calls up to Roger. He's upstairs. Yeah. And... She, you know, she, how, is this true? And, and, and Roger's like, well, he feels like, I feel like it's best if David stays inside. And at first he uses the excuse of falling behind in his schoolwork, but then he quickly jumps. He says, I'm David's legal guardian and I've seen the things that have been going around and I don't like them. And yeah. these all seem to happen when you, Laura, came back to town. Yeah. And it would be best for everyone if Laura would just go away without David. Yeah. And she, of course, her little secret weapon brings up the manslaughter charge, and he just doesn't care. Yeah. He's convinced that David would be better off with him than with Laura. And Laura says, one way or the other, I will win. I will get David. Mm. Even even Berg is now convinced that Laura can't be trusted. Right. She tells him that Roger won't let her have David and he has to help her. And he tells her that he just doesn't know her anymore and he can't help her because he doesn't trust her. She begs him to believe in her and he tells her that that's the trouble. He doesn't believe her anymore. Mm -mm. And she turns on the waterworks and Berg tells her that your tears are fake, but they <laughs> won't work on me anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. And I just got, I got such a kick of Burke finally telling Laura off. You know, yeah. she's had the wool pulled over his eyes the whole time. And, and he's like, oh, Laura, we're back. You know, we're back together. And all of a sudden, you know what? Just, I don't trust you. But it also shows how reasonable of a man Burke is, too. Yeah, Burke the human. I mean, he's <laughs> willing to give people the benefit of the doubt the second he gets his proof and... And the thing, the thing was, he said this to Vicky. He was like, you know, if anybody else had come to me with this story, what you just told me, yeah, I would have called him crazy. He was like, but since it came from you, why do I trust you? You know, why do I trust you so much? And, yeah. And 
Vicky was like, I'm not asking you to understand. I'm just asking you to trust me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So Guthrie confronts Laura in her cottage and comes right out and says it. You're the undead. (laughs) And she, of course, says that what he says is ridiculous and she doesn't know whether to laugh or feel sorry for him. And he wants to know what she plans to do with David. Mm -hmm. And she said that she just wants to take him away and that it's really none of his business. So... Guthrie decides to have another seance. That's where we are. He, right. th- there's no other choice. Yeah. And he wants to have it at the old house to see if they can contact Josette again. Yeah. So naturally, he wants David to come along so that they have a greater chance of making contact. Yeah. He invites uh, Sam Evans and Vicky to be part of the seance because they've all been used by Josette. Right. And right. he wants the greatest chance in the world to get a hold of Josette because mm-hmm. he's desperate. He knows that time's running out. He knows that Laura is feeling the pinch and Laura is going to do something. So mm-hmm. he's... There's a there's there's a rush to do this, and Laura attempts to put Guthrie in a chance again, but Josette shows up and warns David that Laura is and Laura's thwarted again. David comes, he, he sees Josette on the stairs, on the staircase of Collinwood. Right, yeah. And Guthrie is by the fire getting ready to just pass right out, and he runs in there and, and wakes him up, and he's like, Oh my gosh, David, you're you're it. She won't hurt you. I mean, not, you know, not he she wanted him to come willingly. Yeah. She wasn't gonna just burn him up you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as soon as he made contact with Guthrie like touched his shoulder it stopped yeah Laura shows up again and tries to take David to the cottage with her but Vicky stops her and Mrs. Johnson tells Laura that they're planning to have another seance at the old house Mm. thank you Mrs. Johnson oh my gosh That's exactly what they were trying to keep from her. Right. If Vicky wanted her to know that, she would have just been like, we're, he's got a seance tonight, you know. Yeah. But Mrs. Uh-huh. Johnson blew it. But so Vicky and Sam and David, they all show up at the old house and they wait for Guthrie. Yeah. Laura is having none of this and now knows that everyone is against her. And Laura causes Guthrie to have an accident on the road and his car bursts into flames. Uh-huh. And he dies. Joe says that he dies instantly because Joe is at the Blue Well with Burke when Maggie calls from the coffee shop and tells him what's happened to Guthrie. Wow. And uh, Joe and Burke, they both go down to the old house to tell the others what's happened to Dr. Guthrie and that he he died instantly and his car caught fire and his car crashed and then caught fire, you know, so. Like, I feel like that was the first death that really got me that really yeah. really kind of shook me a little kind of yeah. shocked me and shook me yeah i was like i, I, didn't I mean bill malloy shook me but i don't know why Guth- dr guthrie shook me more i think because dr guthrie was so close yeah he was closing in on her he was just about to put the pieces but together i guess with the same with bill malloy too that meeting they um had set up and Bill Malloy never showed up. He was on the brink. Yeah, he was. He was right there on the edge, and it just and same with Guthrie. I mean, but I don't know Guthrie. That's I got really sad Guthrie about got that me, one. Yeah, Guthrie's death made me made me want to cry a little bit. God. Um. So Vicky is of course upset, but she decides she's going to go ahead on the with the seance without Doctor Guthrie. Yeah. And they're all desperate to find answers. And when they hold the seance, the spirit of David Radcliffe uses David to speak. Yeah. He relives the moment that he dies in the flames with his mother. Mm. And then he says that there's going to be another fire in a little house by the sea. And that someone will die in the fire in this little house. And Vicky tells Carolyn that Guthrie is dead and that he burned to death inside of his car. And at this point, everyone knows that Laura has, is, is, is responsible for everything. And Vicky and Burke and Carolyn and Roger all agree that she has to be stopped. Yeah. 
Vicky says that David Radcliffe issued a warning that David Collins, David Collins, is yeah. an immediate danger. Yeah. And Roger has already given his word that David will not be with his mother, but David wants to go away with his mother anyway. Yeah. So they devise this plan to keep David away from his mother until after the 100-year mark of David Radcliffe. Because they, that's when they feel like Laura, they put all the pieces together and they feel like that's when Laura's going to make her move. And right. that's that's when we realize that that's when Laura's got that's that's when Laura's time runs out, is is that night that hundred years later because it keeps happening you know a hundred years apart right, and they think that that's the point where Laura's going to make her move and Laura plans to burn David alive yeah, so Bert goes up to David's room and offers him a fishing trip hey th- there's this place and we can go and stay over a few nights and Roger tells David that he's given his permission. And David pushes back at first because he's supposed to be seeing his mother the next day, but he does finally agree to go with Burke first thing in the morning. Yeah. Now, this parlay that Roger and Burke have entered into right. was pretty incredible. They've been at each other's throats since the show started. Yeah. And, you know, I'll kill you, well, I'll kill you first, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and they've just been fighting and fighting and fighting every time they see each other. But now that David's life is in immediate danger, they lay aside their qualm to save the boy. And it's just, it's perfect found to me yeah you know that that these two seemingly men acting like children can put aside their differences hey this child's life is in danger yeah and it could be either one of their sons we just don't know that right, right. <laughs> so that could you know Bert, at this Bert point is the father david wanted and roger's the father he got yeah so <laughs> Work together to save the boy. But that aside, you know, it wasn't a contest. It was just this child's life is in danger and we can't let this happen. Right. And Roger goes down to give Laura the news and somehow she was just okay with it. And Roger plans to take her to the bus for Boston in the morning. And everything just seems like it's going to be okay. It's like she's given up. She's, you know, waved her white flag, you know, and it's like, okay, you win. Yeah. You win. I'll leave town. And she starts packing. And Berg doesn't believe a word, just goes down to talk to Laura himself, and he asks her if she's really leaving, and she assures him that she is. She says the real reason is that she's tired of the fight, and it could have a serious effect on David. Yeah. Vicky doesn't believe a word of it either. She's still worried that this plan is going to fall through and that Laura isn't going to get on the bus and she urges Burke to take David on the fishing trip no matter what happens. Yeah. And she's sure that the, that this is the night that something will happen to David. And she's determined to sit up all night with David. And she does. Yeah. And her devotion to David, even after everything he's done to her, is just... Yeah. I gotta hand it to her. That, that's, a, that's a great big person right there. So before Vicky goes up to David's room to sit with him all night, of course, Laura, perfect timing, mm-hmm. shows up in David's room in the middle of the night and tells him that they are going away together the following night. Mm-hmm. And that he should meet her at the fishing shack in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks him to get up at 11.30 p.m. and sneak out of the house. Um, she convinces him by telling him that Roger is planning to send him away to boarding school. Of course, this upsets David and it makes him want to go away with his mother. Right. We've right. already had this fight with right. David and Roger about boarding school. And That's we, knew, why he we know how David car. felt about it. <laughs> I mean, so, he damn near killed his, his dad over it. Yes. So... <laughs> Of course, that'll set David off and make him want to go the other direction. Right. Um, so morning comes and Vicky feels relieved that David is still safe. Uh, Burke and Roger make sure that Laura gets on the bus for Boston and everyone is relieved. Maggie and Joe included. Um, but Joe still seems a little bit nervous and apprehensive and asks Burke, 
please just keep a close eye on him. That's all I'm asking, you know, because yeah. because Joe is just feeling a little unsettled, you know? Yeah. And Burke takes Vicky out for a drink, and but she's worrying about David the whole time. Yeah. Like it's her own kid. Like she can't relax with them, even if right. the babysitter's there. She just can't right. relax. She's got a call. And he's he's been left with Mrs. Johnson. Yeah. And he's been fighting her tooth and nail about going to bed. Yeah. And... He says it's because he wants to study. He has to study. And he tries every excuse to get her to leave the room. Yeah. Now, Joe has had a revelation about the newspaper article. And it could have been mis- a little bit misleading. So he looked it up. He looked up the time of death. And it was this current day at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. So Vicky rushes to call Collinwood. And Mrs. Johnson leaves to answer the phone. Mm. And David makes his big escape. And everyone is panicked. And David goes to meet his mother at the fishing shack, just like they planned. Mm -hmm. And Burke and Joe go around the grounds looking for him, but they don't find him. They even go down to the fishing shack, but David hid well enough to where they couldn't couldn't see him. Because nobody knew where he was running to. Right, right. Vicky was trying to remember what David Radcliffe said in the seance. And she was like, okay, a little a little house by the sea. That could be Laura's cottage. Yeah. And, well, it's not Laura's car- cottage. We went down there and there's nobody there. But the fire was still burning. Mm-hmm. So Laura had been there. So Vicky was like, well, what about the, there's a little bit of, there's a little fishing shack, you know, on the sea. It might, it might, it might be that, you know. So they yeah. go down there. But David's, David hides and they, they don't find him. But so Josette comes to Vicky and tells her where David is. And Vicky hightails it down to the fishing shack. And yeah. when she gets there... The place is engulfed in flames. Yeah. And Laura is on the other side of the fishing shack calling to David yeah. to join her in the flames. And she asked him to tell her the story of the phoenix. Do you remember mm. the story of the phoenix? Tell me the story. Oh. And this kind of puts him in a little bit of a trance and doesn't seem to hear Vicky when she calls to him. David, come away from there. David, grab my hand. You know, she can't get in the door. Yeah. She can't get a hold of David. You know, he's in this trance. And he just seems to be mesmerized by the fire that's all around him. And she, he recalls the story of the phoenix, and Laura continues to tell him that they'll be together if he'll only come to her. And she tells him, she tells Vicky that there's no use in calling David and that he'll be reborn just as she's been reborn century after century. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, Carolyn's gone to Boston to visit her mother. When Liz all of a sudden comes out of her trance and she starts shouting for David. Yeah. And all she can say is David and fire, David and fire. Yeah. And that's all she can say. And... Laura's reincarnation is near, and she desperately wants David to run into her arms. Yeah, we're like down to the last minutes. Yeah, and she even, she, she even tells David, David, there's only a few seconds left. Run to me. Yeah. And Vicky, Vicky is still pleading with David, please come to me. She's like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do this. And over and over as the shack is just burning to the ground, like pillars yeah. are falling. Pieces from are falling, and oh, my God. David seems to come out of this trance that he's been in. But and he's he's torn between his mother and Vicky. You know he's terrified yeah. that his mother's burning in these flames and Vicky's shouting to him from the other side. But he really wants to go to his mom. And, and he's in tears. You know, right? And Laura pleads to him, David, please don't make me go without you. I don't want to go without you. And Laura calls out, "It's too late. From these ashes, the phoenix is reborn." And Vicky gets him out just in time. Now, I want to touch on this because the last time I saw it, I'm getting emotional now, but the last time I saw it, it really touched me as a mom who just wanted to be with her child. Yeah. And the fact that she's like, please, I don't want to live another hundred years without you. Please don't make me go without you. And mm-hmm. it just, oh, it got me right in the feels. <laughs> but yeah. so 
Sorry, thanks for bearing with me there. But Roger finds out after, thankfully, David runs to Vicky instead of Laura in the end here. Roger finds out what has happened, and he's just shook. He goes up to check on David while he sleeps. Yeah. Probably for one of the first times he's ever done that. Yeah, he's actually been genuinely concerned about his son. And like you just said, I mean, this is the first time we see a real genuine moment between Roger and David. Like him just, you know, it's like checking on your little baby just to make sure they're still breathing in the right, crib. Right, <laughs> you right, know, exactly. He just wants to check on David and make sure he's all right. And this is the moment we start to see a healthy relationship between father and son and... I just think that Roger realized he came dangerously close to losing David and not in the sense that David was just going away with his mother. Mm-hmm. He realized that David nearly died, and I think it changed something in Roger. And I think in this moment, he realized just how much he does love his son. Mm-hmm. Even though this was an intense sequence of events, it was very heartwarming to see this relationship finally take a positive turn i mean in the end it ended up being a happy ending i mean yeah laura they they see and they they assume laura died in the flames yeah and but vicky was able to pull david back at the last second before you know the the place just went completely up in flames and how how dangerously close David came to being part of that fire too. It just yeah. it was it was so intense and it it's one of the it's, it it was the first story in Dark Shadow that just kind of made me sit on the edge of my seat. You know, is 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 he going to make it out? You know, and it yeah. just ooh, it got me. Well, we had but, just lost Guthrie, and it's like, are we really going to lose David? Right. It's like we've lost Guthrie. Do we have to lose David too? And I mean, that's that that was history. Yeah. So yeah, they wanted to make make you feel like it could happen again right it was very close to history was very close to repeating itself again in this moment and and it they, just, they broke that cycle yeah of the phoenix they for, did. for the collinses i think and one thing i do want to mention because I, I was reading up on this um laura was to make a third return on dark shadows yeah after this um, now, we know that she shows up twice in the course of the series. Once was right here in 1967. But when we go to the past, with when we see Quentin and, and, right. and Beth, she also makes an appearance there. She's, yeah. Medward, she's married to Edward Collins. Well, she was supposed to make a third appearance on the show just before it was canceled. So when oh. it was canceled, so Laura didn't get to come back. Mm. <laughs> but um, so... That's where we are. Laura, this is the end of this story arc. I guess it is. Laura's been reborn from the ashes and gone to live in paradise. And and David stayed. David was saved. And uh, and Liz all of a sudden feels better. Liz gets to come home. And this goes right into our next story arc, which Mm. is when we meet Jason McGuire. And Liz's troubles are not over. Liz's troubles are not over. This one is over, but her troubles are just starting at Collinwood. So next week, that's where we will start. And we'll get to talk a little bit about Jason McGuire. And friends, that is the last saga before we get Mr. Barnabas Collins. So stick with us. It's going to get good. And I can't wait. I can't wait either. (laughs) So So thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you for putting up with our, our, uh, our thoughts and our concerns and talking about Laura and um, indulging us on this very awesome storyline of Dark Shadows. We really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, Again, reach out to us with comments or concerns. Um, You can find us on Facebook or at Between the Shadows 2021 at gmail.com. But until then, folks, keep it between us and the shadows. Have a good night.
Good night, everybody. The phoenix is a legendary bird that is said to live forever, and it's said that there are only one on Earth at a time. It has a scarlet head and body, and its eyes are sea blue, and its wings are iridescent. Try to picture that beautiful bird flying high in the clouds. The flap of its wings as it flies from century to century. It doesn't grow old for a hundred years, and even then it doesn't lose its beauty. Then one day, it feels its wings growing heavier and it knows it hasn't much time. It hears death calling and it knows what it must do. It starts on its last long flight in search of the very tallest palm tree. It gathers up all the sweet smelling spices and it builds a very special nest at the top of the tree. And then at dawn, the phoenix awakens and begins to sing. And then the sun rises and all the rays become very strong. They beat down on the dry nest and slowly it starts to smolder and the phoenix fans the spark with its wings until the entire nest is ablaze and the beautiful feathers, they all catch on fire. The whole bird is consumed in flames, burned to ashes and from these ashes, the phoenix is reborn, reborn to live on and spend the next hundred years in paradise.